steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Ardell, back here with my guy, Drew Maholt. And today, well, it's not the it's not the most fun day ever entering Week 17 that we've seen in Minnesota Vikings history. Uh, the Vikings are playing a meaningless game this weekend against the Detroit Lions. So uh, because we've already prepared you for the Lions before, and because I'm sure everyone is well aware of kind of the situation at hand and the kind of meaningless nature of this game, what we're going to do is we're going to play an extended game of why should you watch this football game? Why should you contribute three to three and a half hours of your day to the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday? Uh, Drew and I will prepare you for that, and then we'll finish up with our picks uh, for the season, round out the 2020 campaign, and uh, start looking for the future. So that's our game plan for today. Uh, let's hop right into it here. Um, so, yeah, looking at kind of the situation at hand, right? Um, the Vikings were officially eliminated last week. Um, they are not playing for anything in terms of – you know, anything with the exception of a draft pick. Uh, if you've taken a look at the draft pick simulations at all, the Vikings can go as low as nine. They're going to need a lot of help to get there or as high as I believe 15, depending on if they win. Um, the brutal truth here is that you should want your Vikings to lose uh, because six and 10, seven and nine doesn't really matter. But that difference in pick um, potentially um, is what's important here. So that, for me, is the main reason why you're watching this weekend is to see the Vikings lose and to get that loss because I know it feels weird, but it's the most helpful thing to go up. You know, if you can get into that top 10 by way of, you know, the Chargers taking advantage of Kansas City sitting their starters, et cetera, et cetera, um, this is a scenario where, you know, maybe you're getting a quarterback instead of, a, you know, a piece, Um you know, that's what that the difference in three or four slots could be in this upcoming draft. Yeah, that's the most significant part of this game for the Vikings, I believe. I saw since 2015, this is the, you know, the second game ever that in, in that span that the Vikings have played with, you know, zero playoff implications, um, which is pretty cool to think about. I mean, as Vikings fans, we've right. been blessed with every single regular season game besides two that you know matters and the Vikings are still alive in a playoff race of some kind technically have a mathematical chance to win the Super Bowl during the season uh for every game but two um but outside of you know for this game in particular I think it's you know I think if you're gonna watch you pay attention to the younger players the the rookies um you know see if they can you know against a rather weak matchup kind of have a good game and kind of it's almost it's as if you would watch it like a preseason game, right? Like you, when you watch a preseason game, you don't care about the end result. Um, you care about you know watching the the younger guys, the um, backups, kind of see what they can do. And the Vikings have, to an extent, been you know you've been seeing that on display all season long, uh, just due to the injuries and whatnot. But you get more of that opportunity this week. For example, Riley Reef looks like uh, he was added to COVID. Uh, the COVID list, and so you're going to get some new starter at left tackle, whether that's Rashad Hill or um, Oli Udo or uh, maybe Ezra Cleveland goes over there to left tackle, like something like that. That's something that you could, I would be interested in looking at. So um, 
you know, and unfortunately with the Dalvin news today, that sucks quite a bit. Uh, so, uh, football wise, you know, you're going to get a different mix in the backfield as well. Uh, so that, uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of different, this game's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be a different vibe to it. Uh, but there are things to watch still. And I think it's to me, I'm, I'm looking at it like a preseason game. I'm just going to watch for those types of things. So it is like that in the sense where, you know, you're looking for some level of development or just paying, you know, greater attention to individual snaps. Um, I think that this game definitely mimics the preseason in that way. The way that it's different is that because this is at the end of the season, um, we can kind of take a look at, you know, where statistics can be, you know, end up at the end of the season, right? Um, what, how beautiful can those round numbers look, essentially? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the t- type of game for guys like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. It would have been that way for Dalvin Cook, who, by the way, was a, is going to finish this year about 75 short of 2,000 total yards because he's not playing in this game. Uh, so he had the opportunity, but of course, um, with the news of his uh, father's passing, he uh, of course won't be playing in this game. So you will get a mix of Alexander Madison and Mike Boone, Amir Abdullah, and whoever else is left in the stable at this point. Uh, but you can keep keep an eye on Justin Jefferson, who's got about 33 more yards to get to 1,300. He only needs one more reception as well to cross 80 for the season. So those are two nice round numbers for him. Adam Thielen's got a little bit more work to do to get to 1,000. If he could get 132 receiving yards, which is not out of the realm of possibility, but something that I think we've um, – you know, expect more from Jefferson at this point in Dillon's career. Um, he could get to the thousand yard catch mark as well. Um, so we've got those kind of areas where we can see, you know, guys potentially hit numbers or you know big numbers for their season. Uh, but outside of that, you know, Kirk Cousins will eventually hit 4,000 4, yards passing once again this season. Um, and he should probably hit around 35 touchdowns as well. Uh, but those 13 interceptions, of course, um, they kind of seem to be the brack breaker in some main situations throughout the season. Yeah, that's – I mean, especially pre-bye week is when those interceptions really were a problem. But, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're the type of – you know, if you like the box score stats, love the gaudy numbers, you're a big fan of the Kirk, the streak, what is the streak of like, uh, you know, 25 touchdowns in the last five, six seasons or something, that's the highest yep. – the best active streak in the NFL right now or something like that. Uh, so if you're that fan – uh, then, you know, this, these types of games, you know, they're meaningless, but in a way they're not where, uh, you know, building that. And, and sh- I, we should mention these, those stats, while I don't like them very much in terms of a measuring tool, they matter in terms of like contract ex- incentives and things like that. Like, I mean, I don't know what's all in, like, for example, Justin Jefferson's uh, Ricky contract for incentives or what's all in Adam Thielen's ex- contract right now for incentives. But I would imagine there's bonuses for hitting, you know, a thousand yards or hitting 80 catches or stuff like and something like that. So that's that, that type of stuff is commonly built in. And we should also mention that, you know, pro bowls are too, which is why, you know, it, it like we hate the pro bowl voting process and it seems like it's a popularity contest, but that type of stuff matters in terms of legacies, in terms of contract incentives, which is why, you know, like Kendricks and Harrison Smith being overlooked so many times over the years, uh, it's kind of been bothersome for for fans uh, of the Vikings, but uh, yeah, I mean the game doesn't matter. I won't be emotionally, you know, different, win or lose at the result of this game. It's just a game. It's just a weekend. Uh, there is football on TV, so I will watch it. But other than that, like I'll probably be most mostly invested in my DraftKings lineup that I set for meaningless Week 17 games, which. It's probably, uh, you know, it should be a wake-up call for me in the first place anyway in terms of my DraftKings uh, frequency of playing. 
Um, so Theon can also hit that 15 touchdown mark for the season. That was one number that I overlooked. That's kind of fun. I forgot that he's already you know, crazy. He's not going to catch Devontae Adams this weekend, but um, 15, 15 touchdowns is pretty insane and mm-hmm. definitely um, in the realm of possibilities for him here. Um, as far as other things in this game, what to keep an eye on, you know, I kind of struggle with the question, like, because this is like a preseason game in a sense where, like, you get to watch more snaps and you can kind of see guys develop. But at the same time, like, there's nothing competitive on the line. It's even – it's probably less competitive than a preseason game because th- there's nothing to play for. The, these evaluation process will go on throughout the offseason. Um, but the one thing is that you have to keep in mind is that for some of these guys, mostly the fringe guys, this is going to be the last piece of film that they put on tape. Right. Um, and for guys like Kyle Rudolph, who are on IR. Um, you look at Tyler Conklin, for example, who has come up pretty big in the last several games here with Rudolph out um, and established himself as a very nice complimentary piece to Irv Smith. Um, so we could be watching the future unfolding here for guys like Kyle Rudolph and Harrison Smith as well. Um, you can say the same thing about Anthony Harris. Um, you know, I think we've already kind of established that Eric Wilson being gone is a foregone conclusion at this point, but um, you could be watching the end of some guys, and um, you could be watching the re- kind of the replacements take shape for others. So um, something to keep in, keep in mind here um, with, you know, the tight end position and how that's developing specifically, but that's happening everywhere. Um, this is a good opportunity for Alexander Madison to put some tape, to put some tape on being, the, you know, starting back uh, and getting, you know, a variety of different types of carries. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to be a guy that's going to be gone within the next two years, but this is something that, you know, when he goes to sign the next contract, he gets a full game to start. Um, it's a big opportunity for him. So while their entertainment value is lowered significantly by the competitive value, you make a good point that for some of these guys, like this is, this is super important. You know, you think about Hercules Mataafa, another guy who's been playing very well as of late. Um, he's got two or three games in a row where, mm-hmm. you know, tape looks really nice. Um, this is a kind of the, the sticking point. You know, what, the, what is the last thing that the coaches are going to remember about you heading into training camp? Was this guy someone that, you know, worked hard and uh, put together, you know, a strong 50, 60 snaps in the final game when it didn't matter? Like, can I, can I attach myself to this guy in the, in moving forward? Uh, you're going to get some of these answers. You know, Harrison Hand is another one. Interception last week. Uh, this is an opportunity to keep his job next year. Um, or to steer the Vikings into drafting a different position in the later rounds. Um, the, there will be decisions made off of this game, regardless of how you know, little it actually matters. There will be decisions that are pointed to as a result of this game. Mm-hmm. That's how we, that's the week 17 meaningless game kind of uh, barometer in a nutshell, right? It's just, it's, it's not about the end result necessarily. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, like the Vikings are going to go out there and they're going to have the same, you know, process, weekly process, right, of preparing for the game, all of that good stuff. And, you know, this is sort of the last chance, too, in that department of, all right, here's how I prepare for the game. Here's how I work with the coaches to figure out what I'm going to do this week. So there's – yeah, I mean, you're right. There's In terms of being a professional, doing the job for these guys, this game matters a lot, um, especially those guys, like I said, the fringe roster guys that um, aren't, you know, have a guaranteed – don't have a guaranteed spot on the team next year. Um, and I, I was – you know, I saw – Today there was some, some discussion, or I think yesterday, about like Pat Elfline, right? Um, yeah. I saw on Twitter where he, um, you know, it's it, the clearly getting released from the Vikings has been a blessing in disguise for him because for some reason the Vikings, you know, decided to play Dozier and they have been convinced that Dozier is the guy at left guard this year. Elfline being cut has given him a chance to get at the very least some film out there this season of him playing for the Jets and he'll be a free agent. 
in a few months here. So he'll be able to sign wherever he wants it and that will help him generate interest. So stuff like that, like matters for these guys, um, ultimately for the franchise and the direction of the team as a, like a franchise as a whole, you're right that it generally benefits the teams to lose this week if you're already out of the playoffs. So there's a lot of dynamics going on. I mean, you'll never find the players not competing to win in right. any scenario because they, their own careers are on the line. Um, and they're always going to be pushing to win. So that's why you see these tank jobs like Miami when they tanked, so to speak, last year, two years ago. Essentially, they're trading away their valuable assets um, so that, you know, when these guys that actually play for the team are, you know, working their butts off to win, their effort obviously is not going to be as um, successful if they uh, it, just because they're lesser-tiered players fighting for their jobs. So. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of dynamics going on. I'm going to be a fan of the Vikings and I'm when the, I'm, I'm telling you, I want right now the Vikings to lose, but when the game turns on, I will be my competitive mode will take over and I will want them to beat the lions just because that's just how I'm wired. Uh, I know that's probably wrong. And ultimately in the long run, I'll be, I'll probably feel the same way about this game win or lose. But uh, when it gets down to it, I want the Vikings to do well when I watch them because I have more fun then. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And for what it's worth, I know that objectively speaking, the difference between six and 10 and seven and nine is nothing. But 10 years from now, when you're scanning through pro football reference and you see the Vikings record, seven and nine looks so much better than six and 10. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it just looks like it on paper. Uh, so that, you know, that, it, that gives you some incentive, I guess, to try to get a win here. But you're right. I mean, this game doesn't matter. It's hard to, to not, you know, you know, hope for the best and the best generally results in touchdowns, which generally results in, you know, wins. But uh, in this case, my, the big thing here is let's hit these round numbers. Let's, let's make it fun for guys like Jefferson and so forth to go into the off season with, you know, you know, amazing campaigns to look back on. Um, and let's get some you know, reps for guys that we want to see, you know, mm -hmm. get a little bit more opportunity. Blake Lynch of the world. Like, do we have something there or can he be, can we get rid of him next year and replace him with someone else? You know, let's just get some answers to those types of questions with guys who are really, really on the fringe. You know, there's 15 guys that came in this year and, you know, as draft picks and then a handful more as undrafted guys. You've got a lot of players to look at. You got a real opportunity to do so here um, with nothing. They brought up that, that Kyle Hinton, I think, off yeah. of the practice squad. So I would imagine he'll get at least some sort of opportunity. Like, that's the type of thing that this, that's what this week 17 game is for. Uh, is to see, you know, and then I guess not for the Vikings' sake, but there are others around the league like uh, that could play spoiler this week. You know, I think right. uh, the Washington game, right? I think they played Dallas um, on, on in prime time. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, on Sunday night, uh, really? whoever plays Washington, you know, they get to play spoiler right in that game. So I'm pretty sure Washington is still a win and in scenario. So like things like that are are fun to follow. Um, but uh, you're right, ultimately in the direction of the franchise, if you're not in the playoffs officially, losing is the better route in the long-term direction. But you'll never get the players to agree to that uh, because they'd be foolish to do so. So that's kind of the conflicting uh, dynamic here. And you'll never that's why you'll never, ever see a team outwardly come out and say, you know, we're vying for the number one pick or anything, anything right. about the draft at this point in the season. So with all that being said, then do the Vikings win this game? I mean, there's – the Vikings are playing to win, right? With the exception of Dalvin Cook being allowed to, you know, leave the team for, you know, his, his personal reasons. The Vikings are going to be playing their best possible lineup. Now, their best possible lineup isn't very good. That being right. said, the best possible lineup for Detroit is also not very yeah. good. So who are you picking in this meaningless game? 
I'm picking the Vikings. Uh, well, A, I mean, it, it is Vikings to finish at or near 500 uh, instead of just full-on, you know, tanking, so to speak, and, and really blowing it up and getting that top five pick. But also Detroit's just bad. I mean, they're really bad. Yep. Uh, I would take a really poor performance to, uh, you know, fall to Detroit, I think. So even with Vikings defense really struggling lately, um, I think the Detroit, they're, they're, they're bad enough that uh, Vikings – uh, keep them under control, and the Vikings offense will hum against this Detroit defense as long as, like you said, uh, the you know the players that we would expect to play are are, are suited up and on the field. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings too. They're they're the better team. Both of these teams are trying to do the exact same thing this right this weekend, right? Um, you know, figure out what they got. Uh, you know, try to get out healthy, and you know, try to get a higher draft pick if possible. Um, neither one of these teams has anything to play for, so both teams are essentially. They're not trying to lose, but okay with losing, right? They're not going to be, they're not going to lose sleep over losing this game. Neither team is. So I'm going to take the Vikings because they're the better team. They're in the same, they're playing the same level of competition. Vikings are just better. Um, I think they have the better roster. Uh, they have more likely success for, you know, getting a 60 yard Jefferson touchdown than Detroit can do just about anything. So uh, I'm going to take the Vikings here. Unfortunately, they move to seven and nine and they sit, you know, in that 13 to 15 range for draft pick is my uh, projection for the rest of this season, this Viking season, I suppose. So uh, for the rest of these teams, you're right. There's a bunch of teams here that get to play spoiler. Uh, there aren't that many great matchups this weekend in terms of games where a te two teams are playing for a purpose. Uh, but there are a lot of games with, you know, playoff implications. And we mm -hmm. start right away here uh, in the AFC East with Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo is done. They are, you know, they're in, they're 12 and three. Uh, they're all set. Miami, on the other hand, is one of those four teams in the AFC here jockeying yeah. for that final, that final playoff spot or final two playoff spots, I should say. Excuse me, final three playoff spots. Um, so Miami sits here at 10 and five. They could miss the playoffs at 10 and six if they lose this game. That being mm -hmm. said, if they beat Buffalo, who I have to assume will be resting some of their starters at least at some point in this game, uh, they are in effective immediately. So, does Miami get it done um, and make it to the playoffs for the first time in, I think it's been 10 years? I, I am going to pick Miami in this game. Um, and it, it's funny because uh, I, how often do you see a team at 10-5 and five just flip-flopping quarterbacks every week? It seems like yep. um, I'm going to pick Miami because that, I think that defense, you know, and I'm also assuming you know, it would be dumb for Buffalo at this point to uh, be able to play this game for play to win, I think. You know, Josh Allen digs, you for sure rest those guys. And I think, you know, a Miami defense that's playing for something will take advantage of a Bills team that's, I would assume, would be led then by, I think it's Matt Barkley, uh, I believe is the backup there. So uh, that is my prediction there. I believe Miami won this game. Yeah, uh, I think that Miami's probably, you know, I think Miami's safer just because Buffalo um, isn't going to be playing all their starters, at least for the, I have to assume it's not, there's been no announcement, right? Uh, but I have to assume that Buffalo starters are going to play a little bit, and I think that's going to be enough to win. So I'm going to take Buffalo in this game uh, because I think that Miami ultimately is the odd team out here. And in, from my personal perspective, if I'm looking at this AF AFC playoff picture in terms of entertainment value, um, I'd prefer that Miami's out of the four teams that are, you know, jockeying for that position because I think they're the least, they're the least entertaining sure. because of the quarterback swap thing. Uh, yeah. 
to I mean, as defense is less out. entertaining nowadays, right? You want the offense to score points in the playoffs. So yeah, I'm with you on that part. Um, okay, the next one here, Baltimore and Cincinnati. This one matters um, again because Baltimore needs to win to get in, but the matchup doesn't essentially matter that all. Doesn't really matter all that much. Um, I can't imagine it's going to be competitive. Uh, I think we're both leaning Baltimore here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Baltimore needing to win this game, I think this will be one of those that's just kind of over after about a quarter and a half. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that kind of you know keeps me you know keeps this matchup pickable, I suppose, is just because it's interdivision and because Cincinnati has enjoyed trying to play spoiler over the last few weeks. But mm-hmm. um, I think Baltimore gets it done here. Uh, the next one here, same situation: Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Pittsburgh is clinched; they're not getting the number one seed, so they are resting their starters. Ben Roethlisberger is officially out for this week against Cleveland. Uh, Baker Mayfield, of course, had a little flub against the Jets last week, but he gets a chance to redeem it. They win; they're in. Uh, does Cleveland get it done here? Uh, I'm going to actually go Pittsburgh. And this is mostly just me playing off of the Cleveland Browns history. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is – it would be a classic Browns way to miss the playoffs, right? Lose to the Jets and lose to another team not even trying to win the game uh, to miss the playoffs. Uh, it would, I mean, that's the only reason I'm – and I'm also behind you by a lot, so I kind of need to pick some kind of wacky results. So I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland here. I think they finally get it done. Um, I'm not super confident in that pick, but um, again, going back to those four teams that are, you know, in that position to get one of those playoff spots, I think Cleveland has the, one of the best candidacies. So I'm going to take them here. Um, I hope they get it done, but we'll see. Uh, the next matchup is completely meaningless, like zero, completely devoid of meaning whatsoever, and that's the Jets and the New England Patriots. Um, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL that has effectively blown the position for the number one pick. Um, going up against New England, which is probably looking to reload in this upcoming draft. So, um, who you got in this one? I got the Jets. Uh, they're rolling right now. And <laughs> I mean that. Like, they are. I mean, they have – I saw um, – so, the so before the Packers-Titans game, right? This is after the Jets had just beaten Cleveland. Um, the At the moment, you know, before the Packers won that game, the Jets and Packers had the same amount of wins this year against winning teams which is a fun stat to think about. And then the Packers beat the Titans. So I think they got to three and the Jets have two. Uh, but anyway, I'm going with the Jets. Uh, you know, they've beaten much better teams than the Patriots and the Patriots looked have looked pretty terrible lately. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take new England. I just, uh, strictly, I don't believe that bell Belichick allows himself to lose to the Jets. It just doesn't happen. Um, so I'm going to pick, for that reason alone, I'm picking New England. I think both these teams are terrible. And this is an unwatchable football game. And it won't be on my TV anyway. So it really, it, this matters so little to me. Uh, I can't even explain it. But I'm going to take New England. Uh, Dallas and the New York Giants, on the other hand, matters a little bit more to me because this is a funny game, right? Uh, the playoff scenario is that Washington, when they play later on this evening in the Sunday night game against Philadelphia, if they win, they're in immediately. That's just how it is. But because they're playing the late night, of course, the, new, uh, the NFL rescheduled these games uh, so that if, new, if Dallas or New York wins, whichever one wins this matchup, they would get in if Philadelphia overtakes uh, Washington tonight and plays spoiler uh, in that matchup. So there's a real possibility here that the Giants can get into the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. That's real. That's something that can happen in the world today. Uh, does that happen? Well, or at least for this matchup, do the Giants get their part of the thing done to get in at six and ten? For the sake of chaos, I really hope that's what happens. I want a six and ten team in the playoffs so bad. Like, imagine these New York Giants. Yeah, how bad right. they've been hosting a playoff game. But I'm going to take the Cowboys because I think 
that offense has looked really pretty solid under Andy Dalton the last couple of games. And uh, I think they have a better chance to win. So I'm going to take the Giants just for chaos. I don't think they're going to win, but I'm taking the Giants. I want chaos. That's what I want. So Giants for me, Dallas for Drew, and we'll move to the NFC South here. Uh, very little implication once again. Uh, this one is Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay solidified its status. They are in the postseason. I'm sure you heard. Uh, Atlanta, on the other hand, is definitely not in the postseason. So this one really doesn't matter. Uh, who you got in this one? I got Atlanta. They looked uh, they looked tough last week against Kansas City and – uh, I think, by the way, Laquan Treadwell catching touchdowns for the Falcons. Uh, I'm going to take hilarious. the I'm going to take Atlanta over at Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay's in the playoffs, but it doesn't appear that. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they're uh, unable to win the NFC South now, so they're just in as a wild card, and I think it's going to remain that way. Uh, so, I, but I'm going to take Atlanta just for the heck of Week 17 random outcomes. Yeah, I'll take Tampa Bay just on pride alone. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think that Atlanta will play their starters. I think that Tom Brady won't play more than a half. But uh, I'll take Tampa Bay because you know they they could win this game even without their starters. So um, I'm going mean, to take Tampa. You see, the offense kept humming last week against Detroit after Blaine Gabbert went in there. So right. you never really know, um, and it, you do kind of know with Atlanta. They but that Treadwell touchdown last week was hilarious. That was a winner, by the way. That was a very important touchdown. That wasn't just a touchdown. Yeah, that was a clutch touchdown in the fourth quarter to take the lead against the defending champion, yeah. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs went down and scored, but Treadwell doing that, uh, it is funny. And it, it's not like he's, like, k- killing it over there, but he's he's found himself a nice spot in Atlanta there. So that's good for him. You're doing all right. Um, Green Bay and Chicago is the next one here. This one's important for a couple of reasons. Uh, Green Bay can lock in that number one pick. They basically have it, but I believe based on the scenarios, if they lose and Seattle wins, then Seattle can overtake that number one spot in that critical uh, playoff buy. So they're playing for something here. Chicago, on the other hand, is also playing for something. So this is one of the best football games of the weekend um, if you're playing for competition-wise. Uh, Chicago, of course, needs to win to keep to stave off Arizona. If they lose and Arizona wins, they are out of the post season so does green bay get it done keeping you know themselves in pole position and effectively eliminating the bears or you know doing their best to eliminate the bears or do the bears stay alive here um, and give seattle that opportunity to get that number one seat so the bears offense has kind of uh awoke from hibernation if you will the last few weeks um but i, I don't know if you've noticed but like so like you see all these graphics like all the bears have scored 30 points in four straight games Right. Um, which is great, but you, then you see that they played Detroit, Houston, yeah. Minnesota, and Jacksonville. It's like, oh, okay, good for you, right? Uh, I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, I, as long as they have something to play for, I don't think anybody in the NFC is beating them, unfortunately. Yep. So I'm going with Green Bay. Yeah, I'm also going with Green Bay for that simple reason as well. Uh, they're the best team in the NFC right now. Uh, they're humming. Uh, they're playing extremely well on you know, both sides of the ball. Uh, some of their younger guys like Darnell Savage has started to take shape. I mean, they look really good right now and it's Chicago too. They don't need a reason to get up. So I'm going to take green Bay here. Uh, the next one here really doesn't matter at all to us. That's Las Vegas and Denver. Uh, I don't know. I don't really even know what more to say about this matchup. Uh, it's an AFC one and it yeah. doesn't matter for the postseason. So who you got in this one? Um, I'm going to take, I really just want to take whatever team you don't pick. Uh, I'm going to, I will take Denver. All right. I'll, 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 I'll give me the Raiders. Give me uh Give me John Gruden ending on a high note. It would be very Raiders to go eight and eight, though. <laughs> Sounds about right. I've been seeing some stats thrown around about John Gruden recently in the Tom Cable era, which Marcus Russell yeah. has actually been better to date. Not looking good for John. He's got about seven years left on his deal. <laughs> that contract uh, was ridiculous. 
Um, the next one here, AFC South. Uh, Indianapolis is one of those four teams here. They're playing against Jacksonville, the worst team in their division. Um, but they are right now they are out of the postseason. If all of those three teams beforehand that I mentioned at being Miami, Cleveland, and uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, all three of those teams win, Indianapolis will be out of the postseason even if they get a win. So they do not control their own destiny. However, they do have the best matchup of those four teams, being mm-hmm. Jacksonville, a team that has nothing to play for and hasn't had anything to play for for about a month and a half now. So does Indianapolis get it done and take a step in the right direction towards getting to the postseason? Yeah, they do. Uh, and how about the contrast, right? There could be an 11-5 and team in the AFC that doesn't make it, and then in the NFC you could have a 6-10 and team. Right. Hosting a playoff game. Uh, that's the I'm argument very, right there, right? For eliminating. Oh, yeah. And kind of reseeding everything. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it, which a, a year like this certainly is a strong argument for it. But um, I'll take the Colts here. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts too. It's the easy pick. They're trying. Uh, Jacksonville just has James Robinson trying to get off the rookie. Maybe. Here. Maybe. He might not play. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, This one seems easy. Indianapolis for me. Uh, the Chargers play Kansas City. Uh, Chargers have won the last two weeks. Kansas City's resting their starters. They have nothing to play for because they locked up the one seed already. Uh, who you got in this one? Um, I, th- I think I, I'd go Chargers. Um, I think I would, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs because I think you want to pick the Chargers, and I need to come back and beat you in our pick them. So. I'm going to take – yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, just I think they're the more reasonable pick here. They're, they're trying to win. They're playing well. And for the Vikings' purposes, this is one of those teams for the Vikings that if they win, they could – theoretically move up in the, uh, Ooh, in yeah, the draft. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Chargers here uh, to sneak out with a win. Now, another very important game. Uh, there, I think there's, in my opinion, there are two or three matchups that are really worth watching here. Uh, this one isn't in our network because uh, it'll be playing at the same time as Green Bay and Chicago, but Arizona and the Los Angeles Rams playing simultaneously. Uh, that is an important game for a number of reasons, right? Uh, the Rams have something to play for, and of course, Arizona – um, if they win and Chicago loses to Green Bay, they would get in. And as a Vikings fan, or I suppose as a team that's not a Bears fan that is living in the NFC North, um, you have an opportunity to kick a team out of the NFC North. Uh, this one is fun for just that purpose yeah. as all. Um, well, so the, the funny part about this is that if the Rams lose this game and the Bears beat the Packers, the Rams are out of the playoffs. Uh, and the Rams don't have Jared Goff this week. So that's the fun and interesting right wrinkle to this is that the Rams I think what was it two three weeks ago looked like maybe the team to beat in the NFC Um, and then they lose to the Jets and then last week and now suddenly they are falling apart the seams and don't have their quarterback this week and very well missed the playoffs Um, you know the Cardinals I don't love them either Uh, I'm gonna go with the Rams this week kind of surprisingly Uh, I think Sean McVay will kind of really put a game plan together when it's needed most and get them in so I was listening I think it was Booger that brought this up. He's been saying some nice things ever since he got off of Monday Night Football, to be honest with you. <laughs> but he was talking about how if there's any team that can just slide a random quarterback in and just make their system work, it's yes. the Sean McVay offense. Uh, so that's, for that's, that that's reason, another argument I didn't even think of. Like, I feel like you could put any quarterback in that on that team right now and it, not, nothing much would change because I think Jared Goff is – is as much of a system QB as there right. ever has been that existed. Absolutely. So for that reason, you know, that should inspire some confidence if you're a Rams fan. Uh, I am a Cardinals fan this week, so I'm going to take the Cardinals, um, not just to oppose Drew, uh, but also because I, I, I would love to see Arizona in the playoffs. Um, I think they're one of the most exciting teams in the league. They're extremely volatile. Uh, they don't, there's no consistency with them whatsoever, but Kyler Murray 
uh, is like a faster Russell Wilson that isn't as accurate. And it, that makes for a lot more fun and interesting plays. I want to see him in the postseason. So I will take them over the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Seattle and San Francisco is the next one here. Um, as I mentioned before, Seattle has the opportunity to move up if Green Bay loses. Uh, San Francisco playing for pride, and they play for pride about as well as anyone in the NFL, apparently. Yeah, they do. So, um, who do you got in this one? I'm going to go San Francisco. I am. Uh, week 17 chaos, bring it on. Uh, and I do think uh, – I saw the quote today, just a giant football guy quote from Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> where he said, uh, he said something along the lines of, I didn't even know tomorrow was New Year's Eve or something like that because it, clearly he's very focused on, on winning. So – uh, I'm going to go with the Niners. That's another team where, uh, you know, it's a little similar to McVay and the Rams where you can put any quarterback in there and it's probably going to be a similar result offensively. So it's a shame that they've had all those injuries uh, this year and kind of derailed their season, but uh, I'm going to go with the Niners. I'll take Seattle just to oppose you. Uh, you know, they have something to play for. I think they're the obviously better team on paper. Um, and when they get in these matchups with San Francisco, they do seem to take it to another level. So I'll take Seattle here. Uh, the next two on our slate here matter none at all. Uh, New Orleans at Carolina and Tennessee at Houston. Uh, both these games will not play much of a factor. Tennessee, uh, they need to win just to stave off Indianapolis. Uh, but as far as, you know, anything else here uh, in terms of implications for the other three teams involved, uh, they don't – nothing really matters. So in New Orleans, Carolina, um, who you got right. in that one? Uh, yeah. I'll take uh, I'll take the Saints in that one. Um, I, I from my all indications, I believe, are that everybody's playing in that game. Um, and if if Sean Payton does what I, he should do and just run the crap out of the ball, uh, the Panthers don't seem. If there's a run defense in the NFL, it's worse than Minnesota's. It might be Carolina. So, um, you know, Latavius Murray maybe a big day for him uh, for the Saints. But I'm going to go with New Orleans. Yeah, I'm going to go New Orleans as well. Um, Sean Payton doesn't seem like a guy that likes to concede losses. So. Um, they're playing a bad Carolina team within their division. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans to get that win. Tennessee and Houston, like I said uh, before, a little bit more um, matters a little bit more for Tennessee, but for the most part, uh, yeah. this game is kind of irrelevant to us as well. I assume you're taking Tennessee. I am. I will be watching or following this one closely because Derrick Henry needs, I think, 220-ish yards to get to 2,000, something like that. That's something um, to play for. Yeah. So, and, and Mike Vrabel is definitely the coach that would just force feed Derrick Henry to get there. So yep. uh, I would imagine Henry will get upwards of 30 carries in this game. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee as well. Uh, I'm not, I can't, I, the JJ Watts speech is compelling, but I don't, they're just not competitive. So uh, Tennessee for me and Drew final week of the year here, uh, or excuse me, final game of the week of the year. Uh, that's Washington at Philadelphia. I alluded to this earlier, Washington win it in um, at the same time, depending on the result of Dallas and New York, one of those two teams can get in. If Philadelphia plays spoiler and gets this win over Washington, it's Jalen hurts. I think it's going to be Alex Smith, uh, but we're not a hundred percent sure. It could be Taylor Heineke, which I love by the way. Uh, if you didn't know that already, uh, who you got in this one? Or is Philadelphia playing spoiler, or is Washington getting into the playoffs with a re respectable uh, seven and nine record? Respectable seven and nine record. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Philly. Um, Washington. I, I've started to kind of hop on their train the last few weeks, and they seem like seem like they just disappointed. Yeah, and I think we've both kind of fallen victim to that. Um, I do think Washington bodes. You know, things bode much better for Washington with Alex Smith in there versus Haskins. Uh, but I'm just going to go Eagles here just because, again, chaos. Like, you know, there's going to be a scenario where 
Dallas, right, could be in after all that's happened to, to yeah. Mike McCarthy and team there, um, which I hate seeing Mike McCarthy be successful. I mean, not really successful, but like by default kind of. But uh, I'm going to go with Philly in this game. Yeah, I'll take Washington. I think they're the most fun team in the NFC East. Uh, while I will be rooting for chaos, That's not as I saying said before, very much. Yeah, they <laughs> most are the fun mo- team in the NFC East. <laughs> yeah, I just like Chase Young. I would like to see him get into the postseason. And I think to me, if he, uh, if if Washington gets in, he wills himself yeah. to defensive player, rookie defensive player of the year. I'll uh, say this: I think if Washington gets in uh, of the NFC teams, or the teams in the NFC East, I think Washington is the most likely candidate to win if they get a playoff game, because I think things can get kind of weird at FedEx fields, the turf and yeah. the way Washington oh, plays the game. It's a home playoff game too. That's an important yeah. point. Yeah. So I think Washington has the highest chance of winning if they get into the playoffs, but I'm still taking Philly in this game. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Washington to, to oppose you and we'll take a glance here at where we stand through 16 weeks. I'm at 159 and 81 drew is at 152 and 88. It gives me a seven game edge. As you may have noted uh, our picks this week, we do oppose each other on a handful of these games. It looks like drew does in fact have an opportunity. He would have to get all eight of his opposing picks correct to win here, but crazier things have happened. Um, but that's, that's, that's all I wanted was to make sure I have the chance to pick. Chance. I want to pick at least enough games opposite you that um, I can have a chance here. So it, good. This will be, if I come back and win, I'd be upset of the century. Yeah. I, uh, I will not be happy about that. And I will not be happy about allowing you to do that. Um, if that does prove to be the case here, but that wraps up our picks for 2020. Thank you for tuning into this segment. Uh, we always like doing this one. It's always a lot of fun for us to talk through these games and to uh, look back and see kind of where that roller coaster was for um, the entire team looking back at the spreadsheet at the end of the season. So uh, thank you as always for listening to the show. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, this isn't that flavorful of an episode. I don't really have yeah, much more it wasn't. to say. Uh, I will say this though. We'll talk about this more in future episodes, but Stefan Diggs was right. <laughs> Stefan Diggs was right. And uh, I, I tweeted, a, uh, I tweeted something like that earlier this week and I uh, got my mentions notifications we're uh, ablaze. And so, uh, but I, I stand by it. Stefan Diggs was right. Look at him leading the league in every, you know, the key major receiving, you know, categories, catches, yards, um, getting all the kinds of targets as well. Josh Allen loves him. Uh, and that offense, it's so fun to watch. Yep. They just pass the ball all the time. And that's kind of what I'm yearning for the Vikings to have. But anyway, uh, I think he was right. And he, that move is working out very, very well for him. I won't comment on that now, but that's definitely something uh, that we'll we'll get into here, um, and I'm sure we'll be talking about for the next four years as we evaluate the promising young career of Justin Jefferson. Yeah. One thing that I will say is just something that we already talked about um, with our internal group chat is that, man, the Vikings could have lost the situation easily. If Philadelphia had taken Justin Jefferson, this trade looks really bad. It looks bad. Um, it looks, it looks really bad. bad. So, like, I mean, it's not like there was the, all the receivers were bad after, like, like Ayuk and Mims and, and Higgins have looked okay, but like it, Jefferson's the guy right now. He's grading yeah. out the best. He's performing the best out of all the receivers in the class in a loaded draft class. Um, it's just Vikings got really, really lucky to get him, and especially lucky the Eagles ignored him one pick ahead of him. Because uh, <laughs> otherwise, man, I don't, I, that, that trade would look pretty bad right now. <laughs> All right, so we will discuss that trade and plenty more. Uh, we'll start next week uh, reviewing the offense like we typically do at the immediate end, at the immediate end of the season. 
Uh, we'll go through what went right, what went wrong, uh, what areas need room for improvement, and kind of follow that up with defense and so forth um, as we get into the meat of the playoff, the postseason that the Vikings are not participating in. Um, and then we'll start looking at the draft and so forth. So you guys know the offseason schedule. We'll do all that. Uh, but remember, we will be switching to one episode a week beginning next week. We haven't figured out what day that's going to be. It's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday somewhere in there, but uh, we'll be sure to keep you posted. And thank you as always for listening. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to check out Daily Norseman and Climbing the Pocket for more content as well, or drop us a line on the YouTube channel. You can watch Drew and I talk about your Minnesota Vikings and other Minnesota sports topics on that channel as well. So as always, we appreciate you listening and we will catch you guys next week.